What's your most obscure talent? Um, I don't know. Maybe being able to say the alphabet backwards? Well, I could definitely think of someone with a strange specialty. And who would that be? Rublev. I mean, if he keeps this streak up, soon he'll have 500 ATP 500 titles. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for Gen Z tennis fans. We're your hosts, Josefina and Shravya. Shravya and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all. Josefina and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics united together by our on-the-court and off-the-court companionship. And we're the young female voices in modern-day tennis you've been looking for, so we hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for more. So, hello again. Today is March 7th, and we are going to start off right with the tennis because, honestly, this past week has not really provided any interesting, newsworthy headlines. So we're going to start off with the tennis, starting with um, the Doha WTA tournament and Rotterdam ATP tournament recaps, plus some other ones that have been going on this past week. And then we have the huge tournaments coming up next week, which are Dubai and the Doha ATP tournament, but mostly Dubai because that's the 1000. So that's a big one coming up next week. So we will be previewing that stars and then, yeah. That was smooth. <laughs> yeah, a lot <laughs> a lot of tennis to cover. There was four main tournaments going on last week. So our first one is the Doha WTA 500 event, um, where in the final, Petra Kvitova defeated Garbine Mugrutha 6-2, 6-1. Now, Petra won her 28th title on Saturday in Doha, which is pretty darn awesome. And not only that, she brings it in these matches. She has a 74% winning percentage in finals, 28 to 10. She is 21 and 0 after winning the first set in finals. So, I mean, it was probably, it was kind of like bound to happen once she won that first set. But I mean, it's so amazing that Petra continues to bring this level of play year after year after year in both these tournaments at the Grand Slams. You know, she didn't have, you know, a a great result at the Australian Open. She bowed out in the second round. But we remember she actually made a pretty deep run at Roland Garros. Um, And, you know, even as a pretty veteran player, she keeps bringing it year after year, tournament after tournament. So awesome to see her get another trophy here. Um, And she had a pretty tough draw. I mean, she had to beat some very informed players, including Contivate, Pegula, uh, obviously Muguruza in the final. So uh, amazing stuff from her. Yeah, and her opponent and also the finalist, Garbine Muguruza, she's been playing some awesome tennis this year. And that really um, represents itself in the fact that she made it to this final. And her ranking, which is number 16 in the world right now, definitely doesn't represent the level that she's playing at. I mean, she had wins over Arena Sabalenka and Maria Sakari, which were huge. And she was unseated in this tournament, which, which is another point about her ranking not really proving how well she's doing right now. And then some other notable results during this tournament include Jessica Pagula reaching yet another semifinal. And not only did she reach the semifinal, she also made it through qualifying again. And it backed up her Australian Open 
run to the semis. So two semis in a row, and this time at a 500 event. So she's definitely been showing some progress and showing some consistency in her good results. And then we have Victoria Zarenka, who pulled out of her semifinal match versus Muguruza, and she is injured and has withdrawn from Dubai with a back injury. So we're hoping she can come back soon. Yeah, moving on to the ATP side, we had the Rotterdam 500 level event. Um, and in the final, we had, surprise, surprise, Andre Rublev winning and defeating Marton Fuchsiewicz, uh, who is a non-sarcastic, surprise, surprise, uh, person in the final, seven six six four. And Andre Rublev has now had 20 consecutive ATP 500 match wins. This is his fourth ATP 500 title in a row. And he defeated Tsitsipas and Murray en route to this final. And currently, Federer holds the record for most consecutive 500-level wins at 28, and Murray comes in second at 21. And it's kind of ironic that he was one of Rublev's opponents en route to this final. And it would take one more win at a 500-level event for Rublev to tie at second with Murray. So that's just an interesting stat. Yeah, I mean, Andre Rublev is really racking up these titles and is showing his place as one of the top players in the top 10. So very nice to see him succeed. Uh, Fuchsovic, on the other hand, uh, is he's always a dark horse. No one, he's, he came through qualifying in this tournament. So he was, he he's someone who you never, as a seeded player, as anyone want to face in the early rounds of a tournament because he does have that upset potential, as we saw with uh, Wawrinka at the Australian Open, that crazy match. Um, Fuchsovic reflected on this week in this tournament saying, it was a very positive week for me. I played unbelievable. I came from qualifying. I played a lot of matches. I improved my game. So that is most important for me. So I think that's also, um, it was pretty awesome to see him make it all the way to the final. Cause as we noted, he had a pretty close match in his first round, I think versus Riley Opelka, which was like three tie breaks or something or maybe two tie breaks I don't remember but we talked about it in our previous episode of Fuchsovitz being one of those marathon match players um and it uh it worked out for him in this case because he made a very successful run yeah and then as as much as we expected Marton to not make it to the final Medvedev lost in the first round that was definitely another surprise in this tournament he lost in the first round to Lajovic but either way, he's going to be taking the number two spot tomorrow, and that's the first time a player outside of the big three has taken that number two spot since July of 2005. So it's definitely been a while, and even though he lost, he's still going to make history. Yeah, and we talked about in our last episode how July 2005, um, it was Leighton Hewitt in that number two spot, and July 2005 is when Josefina was born. So it has been Josefina's lifetime <laughs> worth of time where the number two spot has been occupied by some member of the big three. So truly shows you how historic, how historically significant this uh, ranking move is um, with Daniil Medvedev making uh, that jump. Also, another notable ranking jump was Stefano Tsitsipas overtaking Roger Federer's place as world number five, which is kind of ironic because Federer is just is about Tsitsipas's to come back. idol. And also because he's just about to come back. So um, Tsitsipas was like, yeah, I mean, he's my idol, but I think it's about time I took that number five <laughs> spot from him, which is which is true because Federer hasn't played in a while. Um, but yeah, those are some uh, notable uh, changes in the ATP rankings coming tomorrow. 
Uh, our last two tournaments are Lyon and Buenos Aires, uh, WTA and ATP 250 events. In Lyon, we had another surprise winner. Um, well, not to say that Kvitova and Rublev were surprise winners, but I think Lyon had the most surprising winner out of all the four tournaments this past week, which was Clara Towson. Uh, she defeated Victoria Golubich 6-4, 6-1 in the final match, and both of these players were actually qualifiers, and this was only, this final match was uh, only Clara Towson's uh, eighth WT, or this tournament was only uh, Clara Towson's eighth WTA main draw match, so uh, that was pretty significant for her and she's only 18 years old she didn't drop a set in this entire tournament this is her first title and she is now in the wta top 100 in the rankings so that this is a big tournament for her and she's certainly paving the way for danish tennis following caroline wozniacki's retirement we're seeing her rise up the ranks um and you know josephine and i talk about this a lot but Breaking into the top 100 is really big because it grants you easier entry into the main draw of the slams and the qualifying draws of some of those bigger tournaments. So if she can continue to cement her place in the top 100, that's going to be really crucial for her and uh, in terms of which tournaments she gets to play. Yeah, and especially factoring her in her age, it seems like she's only on her way up from here and definitely breaking into the top 100 seems like she can do way more with that so we're looking forward to what she brings in the future and then we have buenos aires the atp event though in buenos aires in argentina <laughs> with diego schwartzman defeating francisco serendolo 6162 so we had two argentinians in this final diego had reached two finals in argentina before this but hadn't won a tournament in his home country until this weekend so that was awesome for him, and he is the first Argentinian champion at the tournament since David Nalbandian in 2008. And also, can we talk about the other finalist, Francisco? What a couple of weeks it has been for the Sarandolo brothers. I mean, if Francisco had won, they would have been the first brothers in the open era to win titles in back-to-back weeks. Either way, awesome results from both of them, both of them being Francisco and Juanma, his brother who won the in Argentina also last week so it's pretty cool that they both made it this far yeah and it's also I think I would imagine even more special to have happened on home soil uh for both of them since they're both Argentinian and also like side by side um with each other kind of um being able to cheer each other on at the same venue so definitely awesome stuff for the two of them um, going on to the tournaments uh, that we're going to be seeing this week, the, as Josephina noted earlier, the main one is Dubai, which is a WTA 1000 level event. So um, kind of it's like the same value as an ATP Masters 1000 event would be. So this is a, this, uh, a stacked field in Dubai. Some of the matches have already started. Uh, I think yesterday or today we had a few first round matches played, but obviously the top seeds have buys. Uh, most of the matches haven't occurred yet. Um, and there's still plenty of action to cover. Yeah, and those top seeds are Alina Svitolina, we have Karolina Pliskova, Sabalenka, Kvitova, Burtons, Benchage, and Sviatek. Definitely some names we have seen making some waves in tournaments these this past year. 
And then also some notable absences. We have Simona Halep, who is actually the defending champion, who will be missing this tournament. Ashley Barty, Sophia Kennan, Naomi Osaka. And again, we see that Azarenka withdrew due to her back injury. Yeah, and as I said, a few matches have already happened, and I think the one match that kind of everyone was talking about in the past 24 hours has been the Coco Golf versus Ekaterina Alexandrova match. So Golf ended up winning, and this score is kind of crazy. 7-6, 2-6, 7-6, and in that third set tiebreak, Golf won 10-8, and she had to convert on her sixth match point to win. Um, and I believe she was down a break or something in the third set as well, or maybe, or, and in the first, she was definitely down a break in the first set. I could be wrong about the third set, but it was a very tight match, as you can see from the scoreline, but we kind of talked about this a lot in Adelaide, um, where Coco Goff, uh, made a deep run there as well. She is really good at battling through, like, tough matches and three-setters, and you could see that here. So an awesome win for her. She got a wild card into this event, and she's clearly going to make the most use of it. So with this match, we obviously see that this tournament is already bringing the action. And then also looking forward, we're going to go on to some of our tiebreakers, which is where we choose some matches that we think will be interesting um, looking forward into this tournament and then choosing who we think could win. So first we have Anna Kanya, the qualifier versus Amanda Anisimova. And Anisimova has had a very tumultuous start of the season. She tested positive in Abu Dhabi, had to withdraw from the Australian because of that isolation period, which overlapped with her flight. And then she played a 25k ITF event in Orlando and had to withdraw in the second round. And then an accidental in accidental injury forced her to withdraw from Doha. So definitely a very um, unfortunate series of events. And she has only played one match in 2021 because of that series. And then we have Kanya, who is a former top 20 player and has been sidelined due to injury. And she qualified her way into the main draw. So it definitely looks like she's a player who's on the comeback um on the WTA side and we're saying that it's going to be Kanye in 3 because it like we said it seems like she's on her way up and Anisimova has been through so much this year. Yeah, and I, I if you've been following Anisimova's story just a few years ago, she also lost her dad. So she has definitely had to deal with a lot um in the past couple of years, not only with that, but also like just having such a, you know, uh unconventional or as Josephina said tumultuous start of the 2021 season hopefully she can you know uh re repeat her 2019 French Open success where she reached the semifinals we all remember that um because she's definitely she's still young she's 19 she has a long way to go um just has had uh some roadblocks uh the past couple of years um but yeah, as you said, should be an exciting match. And then our second tiebreaker for Dubai is Shelby Rogers versus Kaya Kanepi, another qualifier. So this is what we've kind of labeled as the battle of the dark horses. We talk about the two of these a lot in terms of uh, players who are who have quote-unquote upset potential, as we like to say. Um, Kanepi also qualified for the event. And um, as we saw at the Australian Open and kind of in the tournaments before that, she is very dangerous. Um on these hard courts so we're gonna give her the edge uh and it's gonna say that Kanepi's gonna take it in three sets but again this is a battle of the dark horses so whoever comes through from here could really have potential to make uh or to pose some challenges for um some players in this tournament 
And then we have Doha, the ATP um, tournament, ATP 250 coming up this week. And of course, we have defending champion Rublev. Once again, we're seeing his name in the, well, not really smaller events. Well, yeah, smaller events of the ATP side. And then our top seeds include Dominic Thiem, Roger Federer, Andre Rublev, and Denis Shapovalov. Oh my goodness, I didn't realize that Shafa was playing in this. I was like, so sad. So many of my faves had with, we were talking about this. So many people withdrew from Rotterdam mm-hmm. last week. Shafa was going to play. Berrettini was going to play. Sinner was going to play, I think. Um, we all know who back. you were most sad about withdrawing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Berrettini. It's kind of funny. Um, it's kind of funny. I My Berrettini fandom is like not really a secret anymore, so... Whenever Josephine and I have a tennis class or whatever, some of our coaches are, like, aware of my um, fandom for him. So, like, I always get questions asked about Berrettini or, like, I'm always spotted talking about him. But, yeah, I think he's still injured. But anyway, happy news. Roger Federer is returning to the ATP Tour after about 14 months off. Uh, he's going to be coming back in Doha. We talked a little bit more about this in our previous episode. Definitely check that out. We had a pretty interesting discussion about Roger Federer's new outfit for this tournament, which I think is definitely worth listening in our hot headlines section of our previous episode. So go check that out. But Federer has a bye in the first round, obviously, because he's one of the top seeds here. And he's going to play the winner of Jeremy Shardy versus Daniel Evans, which... Regardless of who wins that match, it's going to be a very challenging first match back for Roger. He actually just had, Federer just had a practice session with Daniel Evans yesterday, I think. So good to get, uh, you know, some practice in with his potential first match opponent. Um, and if you've been following Federer's social media the past couple of days, ever since he was packing his bags to going on the flight to arriving in the airport to playing on court and practicing, you can tell he is really excited to be back. And that excitement is honestly infectious because I'm just happy to really, as a Federer fan, and honestly just as a fan of tennis, excited to see him back on the court um, as a, such a legend of the sport being off for so long. It's so nice to have him back. And, of course, he had some stuff to say about his return including till Wimbledon all the tournaments will serve just to get ready I won't care too much about the results it's the first time ever in my career that I feel like this my expectations are very low I have a lot of questions I hope to surprise myself and then of course we have the question of retirement since he is on the older side of most of the tennis players (laughs) on the tour um he said I'm not thinking about that at least till autumn I want to play long enough to experience full crowds again. So that's definitely a statement that is on the bittersweet side because more bitter side because we don't really want to think about that right now. He's just coming back. Give him a chance to get back into the tennis. And then and then maybe in 20 years, we can talk about retirement. (laughs) Yeah, I like that timeline. Okay, and then for this tournament, we also have our tiebreakers, just like for the Dubai one, where we, again, choose some exciting matches or matches that we think will be exciting and choose some winners. So first up, we have Lloyd Harris, the qualifier versus Stan Wawrinka, the seventh seed. There's been some mediocre results from Harris recently, but he did upset a few, um, um, I believe, top 
30 players last year, so that's why he's more notable here. And then the most notable result from Stan is making the Paris Masters quarterfinal last year, so that's definitely a good result from him. And we're going to say Stan in two sets because we feel he has a potential to be good here, English. <laughs> last time, Josefina had a good feeling about yeah. Stan. Uh uh, Didn't turn out so great. It's okay. But hey, second time's a charm. Hopefully. Said no one ever. Uh, until now. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of seconds, our second tiebreaker is Riley Opelka versus Roberto Bautista Agut, who is the fifth seed. Uh, RBA has already made a final this year at Montpellier, where he lost to Gofan in a three-set match. But uh, RBA has been playing pretty well. Um, he did lose uh, in Rotterdam, though, but nevertheless, a very solid player. Opelka, on the other hand, he's had pretty average results lately. He lost to Fuchsovic at Rotterdam, um, and he made his last big uh, run or quarterfinal appearance specifically uh, at Cincinnati last year. In terms of who we think is going to win, um, Josefina has encouraged us to go with the dark horse pick here or the underdog pick. We're going to say Riley Opelka in three sets. Um, you know, he definitely has shown that he's, you know, capable of making some good, of having some good results, um, uh, as we said, at the Western and Southern Open. And I don't know. We just have a we just have a feeling, an intuition. Yeah, and then talking about those, you know, those three name names like RBA Roberto Bautista Gut and then we have Roberto Carvajas Viana all these Spanish players and then Pablo Carreño Busta yeah exactly and then we have one Frenchman Pierre Hughes Herbert who by the way just posted the cutest picture with his kid I believe it was was it on an airplane or oh no it was on a bus or an airplane I know that photo was adorable. Chilich also posted a picture with his oh, yeah. baby. On it was oh, so and then Serena cute. had that photo shoot with Olympia. <gasps> yes, yes. Okay, so yeah, Serena had that photo shoot. Wozniacki's pregnant, so there's there's cute baby photos come. uh, coming yeah. up. Yeah, to come. Who else? I'm trying to think. Um, I can't. There's definitely oh Fabio Fognini always posts oh, cute yeah. photos with his kids. Usually the Th- those are usually adorable. the little feet. <laughs> I find that so funny. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no. Josephine and I appreciate the baby fever in the tennis world. Um, I definitely think that some of the players have pretty adorable kiddos. Definitely, and um, we're uh, looking at the future Grand Slam champs, people. So take notes on how these players raise their kids. <laughs> yeah. All right. Before we head out, um, I want to ask you, Josephine. We have definitely. Um, an action-packed week of tennis coming up, as per usual. What uh, What are you most looking forward to watching or keeping an eye on this week in terms of the tennis world? I feel everyone's going to say Federer returning, but honestly, I couldn't agree more. Like, that's just the main cliffhanger right here. I mean, if we're talking about living an in-real-life movie, that's that's the cliffhanger that we left for the last series no that doesn't make sense that's for a series because only episodes have cliffhangers how can a movie have a cliffhanger well actually between scenes i guess now i'm rambling help me out here now you are rambling. okay yeah no i agree with you fed's return is something that we've been anticipating for a long time it honestly kind of feels like really strange to like the prospect oh roger federer is going to be playing a tennis match 
Like, I feel like that's, like, it hasn't happened in so long that I feel like, oh, wow. Uh, but it's going to be, it's going to be awesome to see him back on court because it, it, I mean, ever since at least we've done the podcast, we haven't ever covered any of his matches. Um, regardless of being big fan, we'll have to pull out our Uniqlo hats for that day on Wednesday. Yes. Because he's yes. playing on Wednesday, so. We got those as we'll soon to- as they came out. That was, that was funny. You, you know what we should do when when on Wednesday we should wear both of our hats to school snap a picture of the two of us in them and then you know post it on our social media to let people yes. know that we're really look out for those for look out for those that will be happening yeah make sure to yeah all right um I also I mean Dubai is also going to be a pretty exciting event I mean it's that's a 1000 level yeah, event that's exactly. like I think um it may be flowing a little bit under the radar because of Federer's return but I mean, definitely some notable names there, especially since we have, like, the top players in the top ten not playing and in it. And then we all have so. Coco Golf opening so well mm-hmm. in that tournament, so that's definitely something interesting to look out for. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we've got a lot of exciting stuff coming ahead of us. Um, we're going to keep you guys posted on the action, um, and, I mean, we hope you guys are just as excited about watching these matches and watching these tournaments unfold as we are. Thank you so much for joining us, and that is game, set, and match for today. If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of Dubai and Doha, and, of course, all the tea on tour. Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Hold On To Your Racket on Instagram and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore tennis pod on Twitter. Our next episode will be released on Friday where we will be checking in on the action in the WTA Dubai 1000 event as well as the ATP 250 event in Doha. And remember, my name is Josefina. And my name is Shravya. That is, if you enjoyed this episode. If you didn't like it, please tell your friends my name is Ben and Shravya's name is Harry. See you next time.